Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I am joined in studio by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. It was a heck of a weekend here in Los Angeles. We'll continue uh, tonight uh, with the Lakers and the Grizzlies playing uh, game four of their series, but it was... uh, all sports all the time at Crypto.com Arena. Two Kings games, two Clippers games, wrapping up tonight with the second of two Lakers games. Armani Buckets, I'll start with you. How are you doing? Thoughts on what happened this past weekend? Yeah, you said heck of a weekend, and I mean, congratulations to you guys, but for us Russell Westbrook fans over here, <laughs> I don't know. It was, uh, no, I mean, it was it was a, such a good weekend of basketball. We also had that great Warriors-Kings game yesterday, which... That series is just, you know, has a chance to be an all-time first-round series. Um, just so much stuff to get into. But I wanted to ask you, how you were at Crypto a lot this weekend. Yeah. How was that atmosphere like? It was amazing. I think the first quarter of the Lakers-Grizzlies game, 35-9, uh, to nine, they go up 38. 38- Eight to nine, which was one of the greatest um, first quarters in playoff history. I had not heard crypto like that in a long time. A lot was made of this being the first Lakers uh, playoff game in front of fans in 10 years. Again, 2020 pandemic, Florida, 2021 against the Suns, no fans at all. It was amazing. It was amazing. And obviously, when you give fans something to cheer for, that's huge. Brooks was the villain. So every time he stepped onto the court, every time he touched the ball, got booed. I think the league um, did the Lakers a big favor, by the way, by not suspending Brooks. I think him, that fire from the crowd is really cool. Brandon, uh, listen, I, I know you are a very... I don't want to say pessimistic fan, but I respect that. Uh, listen, you don't get, um, well, you do get high and you do get low. <laughs> Your thoughts on game two, I'm sorry, game three heading into tonight's game four. Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of those things where the game was over after the first quarter, yeah. quarter basically. There was like a, almost a 0% chance, depending on if the Lakers just did what needed to be done. I mean, the Grizzlies felt defeated. I know Ja had 24 points. A lot of that was garbage time, and it did get relatively close. They outscored the Lakers 92-76. to That scares me a little bit for yeah. tonight. Will they have the same assertiveness that they came out in Game 3 in? Probably not, and that, that always is very, very concerning, especially since the Grizzlies kind of got in a roll um, at the end of that game. So, uh, you know, hats off to the Lakers for being up 2-1. I really hope they can be up 3-1, but realistically, 
quickly. I agree with Arash. I think this is probably a 2-2 series going back to Memphis. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I say that, obviously, my hope is that the Lakers uh, win tonight, go up 3-1 going back to Memphis. But, I mean, I, I, I came into this series thinking it would be a great series. I, I predicted it would be 7. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be up front and say I predicted Grizzlies in 7. I'm going to, you know, hope that that... I'm hoping that I'm wrong. And I, and I really said that because the Grizzlies have been so good at home. Um, but that means they've not been that good on the road. So Armani Buckets, I mean, I mean, how, how big is tonight? If, if, because if, if the Lakers, um, you know, I, I think they want to put themselves in a position to perhaps close it out in five, but at the very least close it out at home. I think it's a huge game because you don't want to have to win another game in Memphis. That was the best home team in the NBA. So you want to get three, one and make it so that even if you lose game five, you get your home floor back yeah. in game six. Yeah, I take it back. I actually, the more I think about it, I'm going to stand with my prediction. I told Grant before the weekend, I do think LA, the Lakers win both home games. I do think they go up 3-1. 3-1, all right. I think Lakers in yeah. six right now. They lose game five in Memphis. They come back and win game Is six. Is that what you're going with? Yes, Lakers I agree six. with that. I think Memphis, kind of like we saw, I don't know how much of the Minnesota game you guys got to watch, but... Uh, Memphis is the same way. Very prideful team. They're not even down 3-1. I feel like they would fight back and not just fold. But I don't think they have what it takes to win a game in L.A. What we saw this weekend, Los Angeles, that is such an amazing home environment and such a home court advantage. Similar to New York, by the way, Madison Square Garden. Those home crowds are going to be really, really tough for the opposition team to win in. And obviously you have other ones like Golden State, Sacramento. A lot of tough home environments. I think we're going to see a lot of road teams struggle the whole entire postseason. And something big to note, too, is I think yesterday was big for the Lakers. Um, I think if the Kings would have won, that would have been bad for the Lakers yesterday. Because I think you want that series going seven games, get exhausted, and hopefully the Lakers can get it done before seven games, right? Then you get an extra day of rest. So I think if the Kings would have won, that would have actually been bad for the Lakers yesterday. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, hopefully that that, that's a series that they can about because that means that they would have advanced a great game great series there kings and the warriors uh how do you guys do with that series again you you've liked the kings all year they really had a chance to take a stranglehold on that series and maybe close it out at home um it's 2-2 right does that change your view or <laughs> this series to me feels so much like Clippers Spurs? What was it, twenty fourteen, where it was oh, neck right. and neck, literally just it came down to Chris Paul making a shot at the end, and yeah. that's what I think it's going to come down to. Game seven, final minute, Curry versus Fox. Does the shot go in or does it not? And you can flip a coin at that point. And you know, I think Sacramento is going to win. I think that Fox is going to make enough crucial plays down the stretch. By the way. Like, I, I don't understand. No shade towards Mike Brown. He's an amazing coach. I wouldn't have taken a timeout there at the final 10 seconds. Curry fell down on his floater. Fox has the ball. And Fox can race and beat everybody down the court and probably get a layup. But he takes a timeout and sets up a play. And then, obviously, Harrison Barnes misses. Which, again... Guys are gonna miss shots. Like yeah. everybody's coming at Harrison Barnes for <laughs> missing a three. It's like it was. Yes, it's it a three pointer. Good it's look. Yeah, it's a good look. Like, but it went in and out. Yeah. I, I think. I think a lot of people were skeptical. Like Fox was so dominant, he could have yeah. maybe gone one on two and still made that shot. One point game, by the way. I think that yeah, was yeah, the other yeah. thing. Could have yeah. gotten fouled. I mean, he was getting fouled. Yeah. Uh, by the way, what a what a disaster it would have been for Curry. 
history if that if they would have oh. lost that game calling the timeout the Chris Ooh. Weber moment right oh, yeah. I mean it was like I was pretty bad they almost choked that game then we saw Minnesota choke later in the night and by the way yeah this feels like a week since we've been on the show all together because the Clippers last week started last week it looked well, great we have to get to that uh we have to get to that so that was like my next transition so the uh Clippers again we, we kind of brought up that the Lakers two playoff games Clippers two playoff games Kings two playoff games by the way a heartbreaking loss for the Kings that series with um Edmonton's now tied 2-2 um okay so the Clippers come in 1-1 again playoff Kawhi really shining through in game one wasn't as good in game two but still very effective and really the Clippers had a chance to win game two shockingly and it really came out of left field we had no idea about this around 12 45 we get word from the clippers that Kawhi is not going to play in game three and it we, we really were confused by that you know contacted the team uh you know they'll, they'll have a comment pre-game ty Lu talk pre-game lawrence frank talk pre-game and that was the first sense you got that this was not a one game thing that 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 Kawhi got hurt um it hadn't healed apparently got hurt Heard at the end of game one, uh, got worse in game two, and this was not going to be a one-game deal. Now, the Clippers are very good about keeping secrets, and they will not tell you he's out for the playoffs or he's out for the series. It's a game-to-game thing. But the demeanor of not only the team, but the demeanor of Ty Lue let you know that um, he's out for at least these series perhaps longer well the problem there of course is that paul george is also out for the first round series so now you have a situation where again that this happens during the course of the season but in their most crucial time in the postseason they're without paul george and they're without Kawhi. now the clippers fought clippers fought and i know brandon will have a lot to say about the officiating in game three it it wasn't that it was pretty bad in game four as well. That being said, Clippers lose two straight. They're down three one. That series will likely be over on Tuesday because yeah. from everything that we've heard, Kawhi will not play. Paul George will, will not play. And once again, Ty Lu is left with the idea of what the heck has happened. A year ago, the entire season, he doesn't have Kawhi. They get to the play-in tournament. They get to a do-or-die situation at home. And right before the game, day of the game, Paul George ruled out because of COVID. COVID. Yeah. year before then, probably their best chance to win a championship. Kawhi goes down. He's out for a year, not just the playoffs. He's out for a year. Um. Where do the Clippers stand, Brandon? Let me go go to you first. Yeah. I mean, a game game three. I mean, not only did they did they fight, they probably should have won the yeah. game. And really, you talk to guys around uh, the league, especially the Clippers, one of the worst officiated games we've seen in quite some time. Well, and by the way, also game four, the following game, exactly. Yeah, I mean, game three, forty six free throws for the Suns. Uh, that was as close as you know. People have conspiracies about rig games. I don't believe that, but as close as you could say to perhaps you know. The the, the refs having feeling some sort of way, right? Like that was a ridiculous thing. The Clippers only lost that game for, by five points. Amazing. I mean, Norman Powell was great, and Norman Powell was not good in game four. Russell Westbrook, fantastic. He's re- revitalized his career. He's going to get some money now from somebody 
probably isn't the Clippers. Um, but look, I, I was look that game three loss, no Kawhi. That was heartbreaking. Game four, you also have no Kawhi, no um, Paul George, and the Suns still shoot seventeen more free throws than you. I mean, you yeah. would expect the refs to at least come back to the revert to the norm a little bit, right, and be more fair. I mean, Tony Brothers was not that fair. It was more Suns, Suns, Suns. And hats off to Chris Paul. I mean, I was at that game, uh, and Chris Paul like looked. That was the best I've seen him in a long time in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was abysmal in game one, two, and three in the fourth quarter. Pretty, I mean, throughout the game, the fourth quarter of game two, I think he was actually pretty good, or game three. But it's so sad to me because I get so happy and so excited, even not as a Clipper fan, just to see Kawhi dominate in the postseason and see the Clippers actually get far into the postseason. And something always happens. It's like the Zion thing. Every year we're like, okay, the Pelicans, maybe they'll be able, the last couple of years, maybe they'll be able to do something. Zion's hurt, right? It's the same thing with Kawhi. I feel like we're robbed every single year of something amazing, yeah. right? I mean, I look, that dictates every year the playoffs are dictated by injuries, but like specifically the Clippers, it's like, for me, I can't do this over if I'm the Clipper, if I'm Steve Ballmer. <laughs> something needs to change, and we know nothing is going to change. We know they're going to roll out the same team next year. Marcus Morris is paying, being paid $17 million again next year, Batum $11 million, and Paul George and Kawhi each $45 million. The issue, and you've, you've seen this, is that there's, there's no trade value, unfortunately, with guys who get hurt, so I mean, they almost they will roll the dice again, but they kind of almost have to, right? I mean, your 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 thoughts as you look at their their cap number for next year. And I know you tweeted about this, but um, where they are, I, I don't know if they're in a situation where they can call up a team and say, "Hey, do you want Kawhi?" I mean, Kawhi's not dependable at this point. Yeah. Paul George is not yeah. dependable at this point. But I feel like someone would trade for Kawhi Leonard or would trade for Paul George. I think more Paul George is a little more tradable, in my opinion, just a tad bit more. Um, but either way, I mean, this sounds crazy. And this is one of those, you, sometimes you go to school and you have these crazy ideas, right? Like you write these papers and these crazy ideas and stuff like that. Why not build around Russell Westbrook and trade Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? It sounds crazy, but I mean, Russ is the number one option in this series to still show hey, that he's pretty good. season when you talk about where Russell Westbrook <laughs> was, where, you know, potential six man of the year, but also like, can we find a place? because he's not happy and uh, again couldn't really trade him at all and then you find a, a home for him and then he gets obviously cut because it was a uh, you know he wanted to go uh, play for the Clippers our money buckets I mean where do the Clippers go from here I mean I, I think we just have to assume without Kawhi and Paul George their season is over on Tuesday I mean really crazy amazing turn of events from winning game one on the road in Phoenix looking like they could win game two but Kawhi's not himself and then again they, they will essentially lose four in a row or at least the last three without Kawhi and without Paul George well let's go back in history Kawhi in San Antonio what was the issue in San Antonio why did they want to get rid of him well, I think it was Kawhi wanted to leave. It was something about he got hurt. He and, got hurt, yeah. and then he didn't want to play. Yeah. And then the Spurs were like, okay, you know what? This is not going to work out. Yeah. Toronto, obviously, they win the championship, and he wants to leave to go to the Clippers. Yes. But the thing was, and the thing has always been, the Clippers have been so lenient towards the load management, yes. defending him, doing all this stuff mm -hmm. to basically go out of their way to, to make him bulletproof almost to the media. Mm -hmm. And... Other teams, as good as Kawhi Leonard is, a lot of other teams are not going to be no. okay with that. That's a great point. So his value around the league, as good as he is, is probably not that high. That's one factor that we have to consider. 
The other factor that By we way, have to- really quick. So, I mean, I think it's a two part thing. There is not a lot of teams around the league that would bend over backwards and cater to Kawhi like the Clippers do. Correct. A, but B, if you want to sell a a star to a fan base, again, for the Clippers, it was simple. I mean, he's coming off of the finals MVP. Yeah. He could have, I mean, he was Canadian royalty. This was like Wayne Gretzky coming here. Now, again, Kawhi was coming back home, but what Kawhi had done that postseason and winning a championship with Toronto, it was incre- incredible. At this point, and again, I don't think the Clippers will trade him, and I don't know what his trade value would be. I mean, what exactly are you selling a fan base? If, if you were to trade for Kawhi now, he's a guy who basically load managed this entire season for the postseason, plays one good, two good games, and then he's out. Previous year, he's out for the entire postseason. Previous year, prior to that, uh, again, amazing first two rounds or at least first six games or whatnot, not only like out for the rest of the postseason, out for a calendar year, just I don't know how if you're a fan base, you're like, yeah, we got Kawhi, but it's like, what what does that mean? And I'm sorry to interrupt, but that I think it's a two part thing. A who's what franchise is going to be like? Because you're 100 percent right, Armand. Uh, the Clippers bend over backwards for this guy. He runs it. I mean, he really like. You want to talk to the media? You don't have to. You want to be in your own corner? Like they they really protect this guy. Yeah. And then the last point was going to be the Intuit Dome and yeah. what a factor that is. Because do you really want to go into the new stadium? With a rebuilding team, and, that's the yeah, you know, I don't want to do that. Yeah, because I mean, Kawhi and Paul George have been such a big part of these groundbreaking ceremonies, and, the, and like they both of those guys will be in uniform for the first game there. Now, how good will they be? How effective? All that, but they are not going to open that two billion dollar arena with a rebuilding team. You're and also, right about that. also, I'm never going to be fooled again. I'm never picking the Clippers <laughs> to win the championship. Something always happens, always, every year. I mean, there's no point, you know. But I do think this is, a, the big takeaway from this series is, you know, Terrence Mann looks good. A couple of guys look great. Bones Highland, Russ. Russ is going to get some big money, perhaps Miami. Maybe Kyle Lowry Amazing get out of that, goes done. to Miami. Yeah. But Speaking of that series, by the way, Bucks are kind of in trouble. I know they got to so win the Bucks tonight. Are coming, wait, so Giannis will be back game be four, back. but where, where do the Bucks? I mean, I mean, how do you again? The thought process, yes, the West is wide open, but the thought process is no matter who comes out of the West, it doesn't matter because it'll be Milwaukee or the Celtics. Or, how do you guys view both conferences? What I mean, do you do you think it's a slam dunk for one or two teams? Um, your thoughts on the postseason so far? Well. You know, coming into the playoffs, I thought it was in the East, it was between the Bucks and the Celtics. The Bucks, obviously, being down two to one, are in trouble, but I still think that they're going to win the whole thing. I really do. I think that, you know, sometimes it's actually best to get your wake up call early so that you correct the ship and you kind of focus and you re, you know, re energize yourself. Boston, they've been a little bit more shaky than I would have thought against Atlanta, but they'll get the job done. Now Joel Embiid is hurt, so Boston's second-round matchup may be a little bit easier. I think they're going to win that series regardless. And then in the West, the only thing that, you know, I was thinking Kings versus Warriors, the winner is going to go to the finals. I still think that, but it's going to be a lot of miles that they're going to put on their bodies physically to, to win that series. And then obviously you have that looming Lakers thing. And it, for me, it's a very, very legitimate 
looming thing because I'm not still sold on Denver. Phoenix has no bench. They have no, no bench. bench. Kevin Durant's playing 45 minutes and, a night. The only, like, the only reason why they beat the Clippers is because no Kawhi and, and no Paul George. Yeah. And they're barely that, winning those games. I was going to say, that's <laughs> got to be a concern. If you're a Suns fan, yes, you're up 3-1. Yes, you're probably going to close out that series on Tuesday. Those two games against the Clippers, no Kawhi, no Paul George. It's a tie game late. Terrible official. Like, they just barely beat the Clippers what, without Kawhi and Paul George. Durant had to do to win those That's games? Yeah. Like, they had to be excellent. That's they could problem. miss. Yeah. That is a problem. The mileage, though, I mean, let, let's just play this out really quick. If the Lakers win, at least with, when you're talking about the Kings and the Warriors, they're not traveling a ton, obviously. What, you're Sacramento to San Francisco. If the Lakers win, Sacramento, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Los Angeles. The Lakers, if this is a seven-game series, that travel, and I go, I, I know it's a chartered flight and all that good stuff, but you know, going back and forth to Memphis, uh, that's a problem, yeah. I think. I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, I think right now, Armand, I wouldn't say Sacramento uh, or or Golden State. I really like Denver, to be honest, right now. I mean, I know they lost they lost against Minnesota. Unless Denver goes and plays the Lakers, they're probably getting to the finals. I do think Denver would beat Phoenix. So I agree. In that case, then it would be four wins and you're there. And Jokic is playing amazing. Murray's back. Um, I still have questions about their depth with, with Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown. It's not bad, but I, I, I wonder if it'll hold up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, uh, I like that it's wide open. I like that despite that these classic first round series that, that we really don't have any idea. We wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked if Denver won. But again, it's interesting. The Kings, the Nuggets, and the Grizzlies have never made it to the finals. And obviously, they've never won a championship. So we could get a first-time finals participant and a first-time champion. Again, the Clippers are also in the conversation, but I think we all agree that they're going to be out on Tuesday. All right, let's leave it there for now. We're going to continue the conversation when we come back. Lakers, Clippers, Kings, a packed weekend here in Los Angeles when we come back right here on the Mighty Gear 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Normally we'd go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, but there's so much to get into that we really don't need a special guest to rehash everything that we've been dealing with. So we do have to get back into this. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to belabor the point on the Clippers, but just... Um, guys, okay, so let's play this out. And we kind of touched on this uh, some in the first um, 
portion of the show. If the Clippers lose on Tuesday, I think we all agree that they're going to run this back only because there's 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 not a line out the door for a team who's going to want to trade for Kawhi amazingly, but it's just what it is. Um, availability is very important. And um, listen, I, I, I do think as the Clippers, and you brought it up, you both brought this up they're opening up a two billion dollar new home and when you try to do that you got to sell jerseys you got to have superstar names on the billboard Kawhi and paul george will be the face of this franchise when that place opens in the summer of 2024 that being said i do think that depending on how that season plays out that is the swan song for those two guys and um but just an absolutely brutal Period. You know, you so Steve Ballmer brought this up. Um, you know, when you look at since he's had the team, their postseason runs where they lose, they drop a three-one series lead to Houston in round two. They uh, go up against Portland. Chris Paul and Blake Griffin get hurt. They go up against the Jazz. Blake Griffin gets hurt. He's never. They've again. They, they've only been healthy twice. And when they've been healthy, they've blown three one series leads. So the three one against Houston, the, the they, they they were healthy. Three one against the Denver Nuggets in the bubble, healthy. So it's either one or both of their stars go down, or they just have a catastrophic collapse. You hate to talk about curses, but I mean, where do the Clippers go from here? So one of the things you said is that Kawhi and Paul George will be there when the Intuit Dome opens. I'm going to slightly disagree with okay, you. Yeah. I think that one of them will for sure be there to, to attract you which know one? the marquee name. Either or. Either, okay. I, I don't really know which. Okay. Maybe both, but I can't guarantee that both will be there. Because okay. maybe they, you know, they look at this and they say, let's not rebuild, but let's retool. retool. Let's kind of see yeah. what the market holds for both of them. I don't think they have a preference of which one they keep because Paul George was there when they made it to the conference finals That's without true. Kawhi. Yeah. But Kawhi is so special that, you know, you still can talk yourself into him. And what, how old is Kawhi? 30, 31? No, 30, 32. 32. 32. Okay, so that's a little, little old. And he's, you know, his body... It seems like he's Brandon, 42. The, the, what, so they're both signed for, what, two more years or how many more? I, yeah, I, thought, I mean, yeah. the issue with the Clippers is uh, you could look at all this information on Track, and, you know, I'm going to start that TikTok series soon about what they can do in the offseason, but each team. The Clippers, they're I, like I mentioned in the first segment, $17 million to Marcus Morris. That's, That's ridiculous. They signed him for a four-year, $64 million contract a few years ago. He was good for the first couple of years. He was still an, a, a high-end defender, and he could produce some some threes some like go get me a bucket type of stuff the norm Powell, Kawhi, and george they combined like 45 million 45 million and i think for norm around 20 but or 25 at most okay that's fine that's a great yeah. first three right but then you're paying more 17 million you're paying batum 11 mil uh by the way roco you don't even play 11 million yeah right like to me it makes no sense like if you're paying R robert covington 11 million like why why did you extend him if you're yeah. not going to play him so they're already going to be over the luxury tax any chance on getting westbrook is is the tax so i mean and again who who are we to say because not a but steve balmer uh, if there's any owner out there whenever you do a list uh c balmer 
is number one. It's not even close. And then it's like, I think if you combine the next five, it doesn't even and by the, so. By the way, the new CBA yeah. rules, they're not going to have their tax, their non, their uh, taxpayer mid-level exception. Oh, so that's going to get okay. extended, right? Wow. Armand, I mean, for that's the new CBA rules. That's what I The new okay. CBA changes how much you can actually spend I over see. the luxury tax. There's another apron that if you exceed, then, yeah. then you get penalized. And it's basically to penalize the Warriors and Clippers. That's what okay. it's prim- who it's primarily for. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's like I, I can't see the Clippers getting out of this mess. Um, okay, so the other unique bit of news that came uh, from the weekend, Nick Nurse gets let go as the head coach of the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors in a unique situation. Uh, the first team in league history to have two coaches of the years over the past six years, both being shown the door. Uh, there was this feeling, and I don't know if this continues if uh, the Clippers lose on Tuesday. Uh, so again, they, w- they would be out in the first round losing in five games uh, following, you know, losing in the play-in tournament uh, the year before. Again, Paul George, how Kawhi, how crazy. But if Ty Lue is looking to leave, or if the Clippers are looking to part ways with Ty Lue, two big coaches out there. Um, again, we know the history that Nick Nurse has with Kawhi. Again, I guess it's important to know that Kawhi did not stay there. Uh, but again, Nick Nurse and uh, Kawhi did team up to win a championship in Toronto. Do you think Ty Lue and the Clippers part ways if their season comes to an end on Tuesday or just in the first round? And is Nick Nurse a candidate? It seems like, you know, it's been a very hot and cold season for Ty Lue in terms of his approach towards coaching in general. It seems like some days he's kind of fed up with it and he wants to change the scenery. And obviously the Clippers fans have been very adamant on the job that he's done or the lack thereof this season, which we haven't really heard that from them before. Yeah. Um, Nick Nurse, it seems like he has real ties with Houston, with their their organization and it felt like when he was let go it's almost like he was setting up the stage for him to go to the rockets but Ty Lue, it does seem like you know there is he might some be finished might be finished i don't i don't think he should be fired for this but maybe a mutual party wait wait, wait wait hold up because late in the game it was still within six points it went through his mind to put marcus morris back in the game with three minutes to go game on the line down six Okay, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington's playing great defense. They pull him. Arash, you were there. You saw yeah, this. Yeah, well, that they was very popular. Covington, they put in Morris. <laughs> yeah. And then they, to me, it's like, and then they keep Gordon out there for the longest time. And Gordon couldn't hit the broadside of a barn for like 25 it's the minutes. one thing all Clippers fans and reporters agree on. Again, Clippers reporters generally are, um, you know, and, and I've felt this. Again, I was on the beat. You, you kind of, it's not that you get defensive, but like you, you're, you're covering this team that's that's pretty good. When uh, when I was on the beat, they, they were a top four, top five team, but then they, they just get crapped on, you know, like, you know, no one in Los Angeles cares about them. So you almost, in a weird way, kind of get the defensive. And so you kind of, uh, you know, support this team. So I, I say that to say that Clippers reporters generally are pretty positive. Everyone was like, "What the heck is going on? Like, how yeah. is this guy in the game?" And I think the question, the question was brought to Ty Lue, and I forgot his response, but it was not satisfactory. It was like, I just felt it was the right move. I or felt something. it was the right move yeah. to start him. I mean, yeah. it was like, and he was terrible. One yeah. out of nine. I mean, he's basically taken eight shots. He could have came back and won the game. You can't guard a parked car, right? Like, I mean, to me, it makes no sense. What I'm, what I wanted to bring up because I think this is super important. I think Laker fans are wondering about this. John Morant scores 24 in the fourth, right? I mean, 
Jared Vanderbilt's six foot eight. They keep putting him on John Morant. That's not going to bode well. And you can't put D'Angelo Russell on John Morant. Otherwise, you're asking for him to get 50 points every game. No offense to D'Angelo Russell. He's just not quick enough. Not many people are. Lonnie Walker's there sitting on the bench. And Lonnie Walker is a decent defender, a good defender. He's not amazing. But you have fresh legs. For me, I'm thinking, look, if D'Angelo Russell's not producing any offense, Malik Beasley can barely shoot. Brown can barely shoot. You have Lonnie there on the bench. Why don't you just put Lonnie in there for 25 minutes to yeah. guard Morant? I mean, that's my thing. And then Bamba, if Tillman and Jackson are killing you, you're playing one big the whole game, and then you put Rui at center at sometimes or power forward. I don't know what goes through Darwin's head. Like, Bamba can play defense. That's what you got him for. He's an elite shot blocker. He has a long wingspan. He can provide some offense. To me, I'd be playing Lonnie Walker and Mo Bamba more to average out and play more defense. I don't know, Armand. What are your thoughts? I I think that we will see both of those things happen today. I think Lonnie will be a part of it because the two guys that you mentioned, Malik Beasley and Troy Brown Jr., what are they doing out there? Cardio. They look like Marcus Morris the past few games. (laughs) So I I do think Lonnie will play tonight. I don't know about 25 minutes. I think it's like you play him in a four or five minute stint. If he does well, then you give him four or five more. If he does well, maybe four or five more. But um, I do think at least he will play tonight. I don't know about Mo, but, you know, maybe we get a Tristan Thompson sighting at some point. No. Uh, gosh, <laughs> oh, we do. We're done. Tristan was just a great signing in the in the towel waving. He might play. Doing the, like, vein. And, you know, here's what it's like to win a champion. The key with those guys who are the 12th man is that you want them to have some championship experience. But here's and he the does thing. have championship experience. If you play, if you make it to round two and you play <laughs> yeah. Golden State or Sacramento, yes. you, if it's Sacramento, yeah. DeMontis Sabonis right now, everybody's talking about how he has very few moves his main move is just muscle you inside and try to score who on the lakers has has the muscle to stop him besides ad tristan Tristan thompson Thompson. that'd be great and then box out looney (laughs) there is a scenario where he plays meaningful minutes for them in in this postseason i'll tell you why that's not i mean when i talk about the history of the lakers i remember when they signed john sally now john sally was out of uh, he was doing stand-up comedy he was in retirement Phil Jackson brought him in because I mean people forget that he was with the Bulls for a season. So he got a ring with the Bulls, obviously won the back-to-back titles with the Pistons, with the bad boy Pistons. Guys like that, they're good for a few minutes. Now, yeah. listen, he's not gonna start. He's not he's not gonna be the sixth man, but he they're great in the locker room because A, like they know this is their, their last run. There, there's no like, like I gotta get a big contract. There's no big contract. They're just happy to be on the team. They got a ring, they got stories, they know what LeBron was like in Cle- Those guys, I really like not enough is talked about. Like when they let Jared Dutley go, yeah. like I'm like it, it, the stat line won't tell you his meaning to the team, but everyone on the team loved him. I don't know if Tristan's that way right now, but I wouldn't be shocked if he turned into that kind of a player. Oh, he's definitely probably taking him out to the clubs and stuff. There you go. Taking him under his wing, yeah. teaching him about how, all the riz. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, they, like everyone knows about him, well, obviously with the Khloe Kardashian connection. So um, but <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I mean, I think I think he's a charismatic, handsome young man. You yeah. Know? Oh, man. He can play basketball. I mean, he's 34 now, I guess, you know, but he look, he's better I mean, he than Gabriel. TV. Better than Gabriel. I don't yeah. think it's hard to be better than Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, so as that series progresses, again, I'm really hoping that tonight the Lakers can find a way to go up 3-1. I'm bracing myself for this series to be 2-2 just because I think it's going to be a great series. But you guys are right that, that if there is a Game 7 back in Memphis, Grizzlies are so good at home. The Lakers do have to find a way to put themselves in a position to say, hey, listen, we got two shots at this thing technically three, but really you don't want it to go to game seven. So if they can find a way to win, maybe close it out on five. If not, close it By out. By the way, six. only game they lost the series. Who was terrible? Dave. Yeah. Yeah. He needs yeah. to be great. He, he needs, needs to, to yeah. shoot the ball 20 times. 20. If he has 25 points, you know, two or three blocks and 15, 10 to 15 boards, they're going to win yeah. like every game. That's the thing. Like, that's, that's what's crazy. Like their championship hopes literally rely on Davis. If he can do this for like a seven game series, which he hasn't already in the series, like if he can do it the rest of the way, it could be over in five. Like I'm just being honest. Yeah. But if he sucks, like it could be two, it's going to be two, two. If he sucks tonight. I need to uh, ask you something, Brandon, because we don't, we're we, like, this is, this is playoff talk, but uh, you know, during this, the one player that when he is taking the mound that I always watch is Shoei Otani. Oh yeah. Had another amazing game this week. He's t- taking the mound again on Thursday. Um, the most amazing thing is that there's a lot of empty seats in Anaheim, and I can't stress enough. Like if you have a chance, cause he's probably not going to be back next year. I'm going if you on. live within driving distance, uh, Put into context what Shohei Otani. I mean, doing. I already said Again. this last year. I he he had my vote for the Cy Young last year. I said he, I said last year on the show, like during the season, he is the best pitcher in the MLB. I stand by it. I think yeah. he's the best pitcher in the MLB, and it's kind of crazy because he can hit the ball 500 feet, and he's you know one of the best hitters in the league, definitely top 30. Um, look, it's great. Uh, it's like I this is exactly how I knew the Angels were. I mean, losing games to the Royals, <laughs> losing games to teams. I mean, they Boston almost swept them in Boston's abysmal like they have no they have no relief pitching and tyler anderson you knew you knew career year with the dodgers what are the angels known for signing guys after their career year josh <laughs> hamilton anthony rendon tyler anderson tyler anderson is terrible he's <laughs> terrible i mean i hate to say it. he throws the ball slow right he's 86 miles an hour to 88 okay and if you throw that slow you're supposed to be a finesse pitcher don't walk people and you hit your spots He's walking people and he's not hitting his spots and he's throwing slow. So, I mean, that's a guy you wasted 11 million to. The relief mm-hmm. pitching is abysmal. Um, and their lineup, look, it's been lackluster besides a couple of guys. Drury hasn't shown up. Renfro's shown up. Trout and Otani have. Ward hasn't been great. That's been an issue for them. And starting pitching, besides Otani, I mean, Sandoval's been up and down. Detmer's up and down. Those are supposed to be dominant guys for you. And then, of course, Anderson and Suarez are terrible. So it's like, I mean, by the way, Jose Suarez is probably the worst pitcher in baseball. <laughs> I hate to say it, their fifth starter. I mean, wow. I, it did nothing. I expect them to be 500 just because of their stars. That they'll get them to 500. They'll be maybe 80, 80 to 82 wins. That's yeah. it. I mean, what we've seen so far is what's going to happen the whole year, and that's optimistic, by the way. Um. So, because you're you're very popular for saying zero percent, what is the percentage <laughs> chance that Shoyotani leaves the Angels or or that, back or both? I mean, yeah. I mean, if they make the playoffs, he's going to be back. He's going to be back. I mean, it's very simple. He's a loyal really, guy. And, and not that it's simple, but the, I mean, you have to do everything in your power at the trade deadline. I would trade Joe Adele. I trade gotta, everybody that has any you value go in the minors. You like, gotta right because get to the postseason. Well, sign him to a ten-year contract. He signed with them. you for a reason, yeah. right? For a reason. And it's like I know he has these quotes, like he wants to win, but he likes being playing for the Angels. He yeah. does. If he, but he wants to win. If they show him that they can get to the playoffs, they haven't been in the playoffs since fourteen, right? Twenty fourteen. If they can get there. 
he will re-sign with them. Guarantee. And if they don't, it's guaranteed he will leave. <laughs> right? It's such a unique place to play it, and I'll tell you why, and this goes for the, the Ducks as well, is that so you're part of the Los Angeles market, but not really. So you can live a beautiful life in Newport Beach, New, man. Newport Beach, which is Anaheim you know, Hills. That's where I was born and raised. Okay, that's the choice. <laughs> <too. laughs> but just, just say Newport Beach, right? But there's like no pressure because it's so far from, you know, the hub of Los Angeles that the local media doesn't really go out there. They like, don't care you, as much. Maybe you got like two people from a newspaper, two people from a website. If you're on a run, maybe like one or two TV people, maybe you'll get like Jim Hill to come out like once a week there's there's not the pressure of playing in los angeles but you are technically in los angeles you're making great money of course but there's not that pressure yeah i agree and by the way i know we don't have much time left but i wanted to talk about cody pellinger because all of a sudden he leaves the dodgers and now he's great again and it's like wait what shocked because (laughs) i knew like listen that that talent didn't just go somewhere else yeah and it in it's cliche to say but for with some of these situations New new plays. Just just change the scenery. Well, I think one thing, and I know Armand is a Cubs fan, so he likes oh, this, but like <laughs> he couldn't like Bellinger did not make was, adjustments, which is why I wasn't year. wasn't yeah. like optimistic. He like was swinging, trying to pull everything, and whoever worked with him on the Cubs, he's has a much better approach. He's striking out less, and he's able to be a more balanced hitter. Well, I was going to ask because you know baseball is still not in my watching priority not at yet. this moment in time. <laughs> but I, I did notice that he was having a good season, and how much of that just has to do with the shift with these lefties? That, like, I, that's important. That's a big. That's a, I mean, come on, that's a it's a big thing. I mean, that was I. I love that they banned the shift. In my yeah, opinion. I love it. I, I think it's terrible for the game. The, the shift, because then all the power hitters that are left-handed are just going to ground out if they don't get their pitch, right? As yeah. a pitcher, because I believe that the pitch clock has been the greatest new rule in oh, all I love of sports. It. Just as a viewer, uh, the only uh, people that lose, I think, if you generally showed up late to games instead of getting there in the bottom of the first, now it could be like the bottom of the third. I think a lot of these stadiums are now going to have to serve beer um till the final like bottom of the ninth because they're losing a ton of money but as a viewer as a fan as someone who just wants to go there and it's over in two two and a half maybe three that's great for the, the pitch game. clock yeah pitch clock great i mean i think like for me you know pitching is like i want to get up there and throw the pitch almost right away like you yeah. want to be in a rhythm the only time you want to take more time is if you're struggling right and yeah. hopefully you don't struggle but either way i think it forces you to get out of your situation i think it's great for the game of baseball i really do yeah, I mean, I, I, and it was one of those where, you know, because you have these traditionalists, but, you know, you, you got the clock out there. So you kind of know when the pitch will will come. Um, it's a great flow. It's a great it, it's just it, it's sped up the game because, I mean, there were some games I went to a year ago that it was like four hours. Well, the Boston, New York games, like oh, the yeah. Red Sox, Yankee games were always like five hours long. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right? <laughs> no, so, one, yeah, no one wants to go do that. So I've enjoyed it, but yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like even with, um, you know, obviously a lot of these TV networks are paying a lot of money to have three hours of programming. Now it's like two hours of programming. Like, what can they do? I think you'll you'll have moments where there's a commercial break or you'll have things like that. You still think Dodgers win that now? I shouldn't say still. I, I don't say that. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, no. I, don't, I didn't mean to say still, but do I you think, think they win it next year? I think they took a break this year. I think, you know, they said goodbye to Cody Bellinger, like Justin Turner, Trey Turner. Though. 
That that is true. So I, I listen. I think the Dodgers do have a chance, and we'll talk about this a lot more as as, as the season pro- progresses. But um, I think the Dodgers will always have a chance. And uh, but Altman is that guy. Yeah, I love oh, Altman. Yeah. But I do think this year they kind of took a break because they want to go after Brandon's guy Shohei Otani, and we'll see what he has. Done. I think that'll be a fascinating story to to to, to watch throughout this season. Just just because. Brandon's right. They have to make the playoffs. So, um, but yeah, listen, focus is still on the playoffs. Big Lakers game uh, for tonight. Pray for the Lakers, guys. Listen, <laughs> you got to win. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.